Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today, we are sitting down for a conversation with former football player, stand-up comic, and the host of Before You Kill Yourself Podcast. Today, we have the amazing Leo Flowers with us, but before we get started, I want to do something a little different. I want to have a little short word with you personally. If you're listening to this, this is for you. In this show, we talk about some really real topics, including mental health and suicide. And if you're struggling right now and you need someone to talk to, please join us and go to d2lrevolution.com for immediate help. With that being said, Mr. Leo Flowers, welcome to the show, my brother. What's going on, T-Money? Dude, not too much, man. You know, we're going through a pandemic right now. Everybody's kind of on their feet. Um, what have you been doing during this pandemic, dude? You're a comedian, so I assume this has been a gold mine for you. Uh, you know what? You you would think, but I just did a show recently, uh, my first live show in about three months at the comedy store in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. And I, people are tired of talking about it. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, as comics, we always try to stay current and talk about what's going on. And uh, I remember the first comic went up and and talked about COVID and the protests and yada, yada. And then the second. And so, you know, by the time you get up there, people are like, we we came here because we want to forget about all that, you Mm -hmm. know. So after the the first show, because I definitely had a bunch of COVID and you know, uh, protest jokes and things like yeah. that. I, uh, I course correct. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna talk about my family. They crazy enough. They got enough going on, uh, for me to share and talk about, you know, me and my girl, uh, you know, being together and, and what that's been like for us. And, um, so yeah, there's, there's play, there's, there's plenty of, a of, uh, of meat on the bone, uh, outside of, uh, the quarantine and everything else. So, Dude, that's awesome. Digging deeper into that, yeah. Are you an extrovert? No, I hate people. I'm so happy right now. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't need to shake hands with anybody. I don't Mm. need to. My um, and and people are surprised because uh, you know I do stand up and Mm -hmm. and uh, public speaking and uh, but that to me is not a is not a um it's not extrovert. Um, in terms of, I'm not like hanging out with yeah. the audience. I'm, I'm talking to you for, for a sure. good hour. We're having a great time, bunch of laughs and giggles, and then I get to go home. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm at a party where, uh, when does this party end? And, uh, you know, going back and forth on the buffet table because I'm bored to death. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like podcasting, uh, stand up comedy. Um, anything public speaking, life coaching, although it requires social interactions, it doesn't require me to be social. Mm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, for sure. My and girlfriend's going nuts, though. You know, she's super oh, social. Bet, she has a million friends, and uh, and she's going bonkers. Me, Dude, um, I, I have enough books to last me a lifetime. I'm happy. <laughs> what kind of books are you into? Everything. I re- well, you know, I'm. I, I really am. I'm really into everything right now. I'm reading uh, Malcolm X mm. and uh, listening to John D. Rockefeller's book. Um, and am I reading? Uh, oh, and then I'm reading a book about suicide because I have a suicide prevention podcast. 
Sure. Uh, but I just finished um, Genghis Khan hmm. and uh, The Road Less Traveled. Dude, so I always love to be reading like three to five books at once, whether it's like a mix of reading and listening to, but because uh, I'm just constantly bouncing between books. Have you gone through seasons where you just don't want to touch a book? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, just because sometimes you have to like switch it up for your brain. You know, there's, there's a there's a time to ingest and consume. And then there's a, there's a time to just expel and, you know, you got to detox, whether it's um, from social media or TV or uh, even books, even, you know, you can consume too much information mm-hmm. and, and kind of uh, uh, lose touch with yourself and, and your thoughts. And I mean, I think it's if, you know, really the ideally I would re- be reading one book at a time mm-hmm. and really savoring each book. And really taking my time and 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 bit digging deeper into not book but the subject matter from the book. You know, like I just read, excuse me, Moby Dick, mm-hmm. and there was so much fodder in there. Meaning there there was so many, um, there was so much I didn't know about the world in that time that I I definitely could have spent another year just exploring the language, the people, the cultures, all those things uh, that were brought up in the book versus jumping into another book. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I've never like found myself reading a book like that. That's interesting. So it's like you're digesting it a little bit slower, but you're soaking up. It's almost like you're studying it to a certain extent. Do you read through books? Like, Have you gone through a book five times and still find things that you didn't see before? You know, I, that's one of the things I, I rarely do. I rarely read a book twice. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine you would, one, find things in there that you didn't realize. And two, it would resonate differently with you at different points in your life. That's why people can reread the Bible a million times. Mm. Um, because uh, the stories uh, accumulate layers, as your life does over time, right? Like. Uh, if there's a, a story about uh, a, a parent who loses their child yeah, and the first time you read it, you didn't lose a child, but the second mm-hmm. time you did. So now you're reading it differently or, you know, somebody who did. So every time this, the stories uh, uh, have uh, added complexity to it. Dude, that's interesting. I never thought we would be talking about reading books on this podcast, dude. I'm like, I'm that person that I could sit down and read a book. I think the last one that I sat through and actually finished front to back was Supermarket by Robert Hall uh, or Logic. Um, That was a good book. I know that he wrote a lot about mental health in that and kind of went down into the baselines of like the character had schizophrenia and just a bunch of different things going on in his life. And he ends up having a breakdown and getting past it. And it's a crazy book. Logic's got a crazy mind. Appreciate his art. Um, but when it comes down to like reading a book a week, it would take some discipline for me to do that. So hearing you talk about like you could read more than one at a time, like kudos to you, man. But when with all this going on, like you're an introvert, you're at home, you don't like to be around people. So it's cool for you. But for your girlfriend, have you seen 
it taking a toll on her. Like she needs to be around people all the time. I know I'm an extrovert, but I have my introverted moments. I have to be around somebody or talking to somebody, hopping on a Zoom call or something to stay connected. But I also live in Georgia, so we were like the last to close and the first to open, which is why cases are like crazy around here. But um, when you woke up on January 1st, what did you see happening for Leo Flowers this year? Like, did you have a tour schedule ready to go? Did you have a whole di- – I obviously know you had a whole different plan, but what did that entail? What were you planning on doing this year, and how did COVID kind of affect that? I was going to save the world. Mm. That that was the plan. That was up my, that was my theme for this year, mm. uh, and for my life was to say I was like I'm going to savor 2020. I'm going to savor the world, and and what that means in a practical or applicable way was uh, my my one of my dreams is to visit all seven continents, and okay. I've been to five: uh, Australia and Antarctica being the two that I have not been to yet. So this is going to be the year. But I was going to uh, go to both. Uh, I was going to do Australia sometime in like the summer, late summer maybe, and then Antarctica towards the end of the year uh, when conditions are uh, more more prime for that type of situation. So yeah, that that was a big thing. And you know, I was going to do uh, you know I was going to do a bunch of cruise ships in terms of performing, and uh, it's just a, a whole lot of things that were um, planned out that um, this kind of derails it. However, it doesn't stop it for Leo Flowers. So this oh, is sure. just a brief pause. And, and the, there's been upside to this at, at um, you know, where I've been able to, um, you know, build up my podcast and focus more on that. Um, me and my girl, we, you know, we both have, she lives in San Diego. I'm in LA and we had such crazy schedules that, we were rarely seeing each other. I mean, you know, maybe on the weekends and stuff, but sometimes I'd be gone for two weeks. So uh, this quarantine has been great in terms of us spending time with each other and, 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 uh, and, and getting to know each other on a more intimate level. You know, part going back to the reading, um, part of what I've been doing and what we've been doing is I read the newspaper tour and I read the books tour. Um, and not that I'm, I'm reading chapters at a time from a book, but just parts that I feel like would have some type of meaning for us or to me. And, and, and what I found is, is that it sparks these uh, magnificent conversations between us. And, sure. and we, we learn so much more about each other. I just found out the other day that she's into origami. Mm. And, um, but that was because we were doing a crossword puzzle together. And uh, one of the, the, the words was origami. And, and then we started talking about it. She's like, I love origami. And I was like, what? And, and so we had a whole conversation about that. So, um, you, know, it not, you know, not just reading, you know, for my sake, but reading so that uh, we, uh, and not just me and her, but me and anyone have these, these uh, you know, things to talk about and engage in uh, beyond the, the weather. And um, uh, well, how long do you think this, this quarantine is going to last? You know? That kind of thing. So uh, just to help me stay engaged and and also help me engage with others. Dude, I love that. And you're a comedian. You do a lot of shows. You've been on TV. You've been featured on Fox, a bunch of different things going for your comedy career. Where did that start for you? 
at home. You know, my family is funny. I, my mom is from Belize, Central America. Uh, my dad's from Alabama. So, you know, the South Southern people are, are very uh, gregarious and funny. And, and in Caribbean people are uh, that 10 times. And, yeah. you know, my grandfather is Scottish. So, you know, Scottish people are definitely uh, off the chains in terms of jocularity. So uh, it's just it's just coursing through my veins. You know, my, when my family gets together, we always are having a good time. Everybody's laughing, cracking jokes. Uh, it's just pure merriment uh, uh, beginning to end. And so uh, it was just in my blood. And, and, and you know, growing up in a, in a world where I felt accepted but not a part of. Sure. You know, uh, meaning that I went to a, a white Catholic school where I was accepted, but I wasn't a part of. I was, I was mm. a black Methodist. Um, you know, I grew up in a, a Section 8 building that was wedged between two Ivy League universities, uh, Loyola University and Northwestern. Um, so seeing kids would, you know, everybody I saw had a backpack on and was carrying books. So uh, I felt accepted. Like I didn't feel like they were looking at me like I was strange, but I wasn't a part of, of that world. Um, and you know, when I went to college in Indiana, um, cause I played, uh, college football there, uh, I felt accepted, but not really a part of when you're an athlete at the university, uh, you're, you're, you know, you stand out, you're different. You, you don't, you don't, the, the, all the rules, there are different rules for you um, as you navigate uh, the campus. So you, you realize that you your experience is a little different than the other students' uh, experiences. Um, so just just the all through life. And, then, you know, my mom being from Belize, me not being Belize, we would go to Belize every summer. So even there, I felt accepted, you know, part of the family, it's in my blood. But I didn't feel like I was a part of, you know, I didn't feel like I was a part of all the traditions. I didn't speak the language. I didn't understand all the history. And, and my mom didn't want us to speak the language. She wanted us to be American through and through, you know, whatever that meant. For sure. Her. Yeah. Dude, and you mentioned you grew up in Section 8 housing. You're successful now. You're a life coach, comedian. Everything else that's on your plate, how did you get to where you are today? How was your childhood well, you know, I, how did I get to where I am today? The, the, the answer is simplistically is all of it, right? Everything that's happened up to this point is what got me up to this point. I can't, I, I, it, for me to isolate any one thing um, would uh, diminish and invalidate all the other experiences, uh, good or bad, effective or ineffective, uh, uh, you know, however, however you want to, you know, um, traumatic or, uh, loving, wh whatever they were, they all led up to where I am at this moment. So when, you know, when people ask, like, is there anything you would undo? There's nothing I would, I would do differently, you know, uh, because it, it could have a, a completely dramatic and drastic, uh, outcome, uh, that, um, I, I wasn't anticipating. So, I had to be thankful for all of the experiences uh, that I have um, and, uh, and, and how they contributed to how I look at the world, you know, because, uh, you know, one of the things we always talk about is making your mess your message. Right. And so if I, if I, if I didn't experience depression and anxiety and 
suicidal ideations, I wouldn't have started my podcast. And if I didn't start my podcast, I wouldn't have people messaging me saying, um, you know, how they were on the verge of ending their life and then heard an episode or, or, you know, and, and, and now they're still with us and then they're, they're holding on and, and they don't feel uh, uh, lonely anymore. They feel like there's someone uh, who's talking to them and, 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 and walking with them through, through life. So uh, I am grateful for all the experiences. I mean, does that mean that some of them don't keep me up at night or I don't wake up like, you know, uh, of course, uh, you know, I'm not walking around all, you know, clicking my heels all the time. Sure. Uh, however, but when I think about the big picture, it, it, it all contributed to where I am now. Um, but more specifically, my mom always uh, emphasized education and work. You know, she she never talked about race, nor did my dad. Uh, the emphasis in the house was always go to work or go to school. And uh, and so everything for me has been about uh, making sure I was doing one or the other, if not both, going to work and going to school. I've had a job since I was nine. So uh, the work ethic has always been there. And, uh, and we always had books in the house. I remember, you know, we're in a Section 8 building, but my mom, I remember that day the, the encyclopedia lady came to the house. And, and I knew these, I think, I don't remember how much those encyclopedias cost? I want to say they had a lady like, come to the house to deliver encyclopedias. Like, a oh yeah, back woman? in the day, there was a they had encyclopedia no. sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was they your Wikipedia. This was was this before internet? Oh, this was you know I'm 44. So oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. I Look was at that. Born, I was born in '76. So uh, I know I, I looked young in uh, in, in in the videos um, <laughs> or you know my, yes, my social media. But yeah, I'm 44. And, uh, and so when I was a kid, man, if you wanted, if you wanted knowledge, you know, some, some lady, uh, <laughs> in a, in a, in a, uh, suit, uh, pants suit mm. came to your door and, and showed you the brochure for the encyclopedias. And I, I, in my head, I want to say there were a few hundred, if not a thousand dollars, if you wanted A to Z. And I, uh, my mom, I remember my mom looking at me and saying, uh, are you going to, are you going to read these? Are you going to use these? And I, I, I said, yes, I, you know, I've, I've never been one to ask my mom for money or anything, mm. but uh, anytime it came for, to books, that was something I was like, yes, there, there was, I had a clear conscience about anything that would feed my brain. So, uh, and I, and I, and then she, I couldn't ask her a question from that day on. She would always say, go look it up, you know? So uh, it wow. gave her an out and uh, kept me occupied. So I've heard about the milkman. I haven't heard about the encyclopedia person. That's interesting. I never knew that was a thing. And so we're talking like the big, like you got the A book, B book, C book. I'm just trying to picture like little Leo sitting there with a big old stack of books that like we have Wikipedia, which isn't accurate a lot of times, but a lot of times it is, but we have free encyclopedias all over the place now. Um, That's just mind boggling. Like to think that, you know, so many people have it so made right now. Like you don't have to spend a thousand dollars to get an encyclopedia, but that's a part of your story. It's part of your life. It's unique to you. And your mom made that sacrifice to where you could learn and then you'll carry on to teach other young people. Like, you know, get out, read, make it happen, dive into something. Like for me, um, with being a, I'm a strong Christian. So like one thing that I try to put an emphasis is on is, 
I have found myself reading the Bible, but am I studying it and trying to put those two together? And like, if you're not applying what you're reading to your life, or even if it's like not a religious book like the Bible or um, you read Harry Potter or something like, there's always an underlying message to something, but if you don't dive into it, you're not going to know what you're reading, right? So what are some ways that people can train themselves, like almost a mindset shift? If someone hates reading, but they know that it would sharpen their brain, that it would help them along life, um, just because they can learn so much from reading, what are some habit-building tips that you have to help someone get into that right state of mind? You know, you could make it a ritual. I, I think that part of uh, what I love about reading is uh, a, a few things. One is... Um, like I said, one, it gives me something to talk to other people about. I hate small talk. I hate it. I can't stand small talk. So if we want to have a discussion, I'd rather talk about good versus great. Uh, what got you out of bed this morning? Um, you know, uh, just the, the, the bigger, uh, picture ideas, uh, that, that motivate us, um, or, or, um, or fascinating stories uh, about, you know, your life or history and things like that. So uh, it gives me something to talk to people about, one. Two, um, I'm a fan of the physical books because uh, if you're at a coffee shop or somewhere, then people who have read the book or thinking about the book or heard about the book, they'll, they'll comment and be like, hey, I read that book. That's a great book. And you easily strike up conversations with people. So it gives you not only a chance to have something to talk about with other people, it allows you to meet other people, right? And in this world where we're all in front of our cell phones or on our iPads and uh, walking around with our heads down, um, this is an opportunity to actually make eye contact and connect. And as much as I'm an introvert, um, a part of introversion is hating small talk. And But what feeds us is... Uh, I, 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 I um, lust for big ideas and I lust for knowledge. Um, and so anyone who the other day I was uh, reading a book and this woman who was a life coach was like, I gave that book to my husband um, and it saved our marriage. We've been married for 25 years. And then she and I had a, had a long discussion and, and now she's going to be on my podcast. So oh, that's great. There's some, you know, but it could also happen in the flip side. I was reading Lolita, which is about this man who uh, is an adult man who's having, um, uh, who is courting, let's put it that way, uh, a much younger girl. She's, I think she's 13. And wow. it's a controversial book, obviously, for that subject matter, because I think he's in his uh, late 30s, or early 40s. But the way the book is written, it, it makes it, also feel like the girl is pursuing him as much as like there, like there's a mutual attraction and it's um, it, he, he makes you feel like they're two adults courting each other versus this guy going after this young girl. Mm. Right. And so it's, it's controversial, but it's, it's a international seller. Because uh, uh, the author Nobokov, uh, he writes so elegantly. Like if you can put, if you could put, if you could take away that part, and just the way he his, his he uh, expressed the prose, and I mean, it's just beautiful 
beautiful writing. Um, and it also expands my vocabulary. So that's the other thing I think about with writing. But, but yeah, but I think it's, it's like find a place, you know, find a little nook. I like to read out on my, on my patio. Uh, you don't have to just, I feel like a lot of people who, who say they don't like to read. It's just that the books they've been given, they, they're not interested in those subject matter. So it's like, as much as I love to read, I don't want to read just any book. I like to read books that I'm interested in or there's, or maybe a friend recommended it. So I'm reading it for that reason. Or um, I, I want to just broaden my, I want to shake up what I've been reading. You know, like I, I used to read a lot of um, thrillers, psychological thrillers, mm-hmm. um, you know, like uh, uh, Stephen King and uh, Patricia Cornwell. And, um, and then I was like, I got to shake it up a bit. So now I've been reading more of the classics, uh, you know, Moby Dick, uh, Lolita, I'm going to read next. And then I have uh, Crime and Punishment. And these aren't books that I really want to read, but I really want to expand uh, the my scope of reading. And and so that it because I because it'll feed me in some way that I'm unaware of, if that makes sense. Sure. And you mentioned reading and when you were a child, like growing up in section eight, getting the encyclopedias, how was your mental health as a child? Uh, you know that I definitely experienced that seasonal affective disorder where I would sleep all through the winter. Like I, I would go to school. I never missed a day of school. I would, but I was doing the bare minimum in everything. I'd wake up, go to school, I don't really remember doing my homework. I think I did my homework at school. Um, and, and then I would just sleep and I slept all the time. And, uh, my mom never said anything about it. You know, um, she'd come in, I, out, you know, I was that kid that would wake up at 11 o'clock on the weekends. Mm. And, uh, and that was never a big deal. Cause I wasn't, although I, I slept a lot, I, I wasn't lazy. Like once I was up, I was up and running, you know, sure. whether I was playing basketball, football, what have you. But I would I would sleep for hours and I would. Yeah. Um, And and I think that. When I think about my mental health, it it, it's hard to differentiate because as a kid, you're kind of in survival mode. And uh, meaning like you're not quite aware of what's happening. You're just. aware of how to navigate the world um, in a way that uh, benefits you, not, not even benefits you. Um, But I I guess what I, what I mean to say is like, as a kid, you're super aware of your surroundings, um, but you're not able to articulate what's happening. You're just kind of, you're all amygdala as a kid. So if, if uh, things are, you know, tense at home, then, you know, you're just like, well, I'll just go outside. If things are tense on the streets, well, I'll come inside. So you're just kind of uh, reacting to a lot of things. But I just always remember as a kid thinking that, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't wait to go to college. You know, I, I thought I would have some type of freedom or at least be able to study the things that I wanted to study. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get in the fights. I had a, a small group of friends, um, but I was I was to myself most of the time, reading books and and just playing sports and going to work. I, I was uh, had a very simple 
uh, childhood. Uh, always had a girlfriend. Uh, so, you know, nothing that would jump off the radar. But, you know, and I, and I wasn't like uh, all my kids, you know, all my friends would like to go to parties. And, I, you know, I wasn't a partier. You know, that sure. was the, the introverted side of me. So I, I guess not knowing I was an introvert was really the, probably the biggest um, thorn in my mental health because you're trying to figure out why don't I like going to parties and hanging out like, you know, like everybody else seems to like to do. Uh, why am I so happy with like just the books and, um, you know, just kind of hanging out, playing. You know, I love to play sports with everybody else, but I want to hang out with them after we play. I just like, all right, good game. And then I go home. I'm like, all right, we're done. I don't, you know, need to, you know, <laughs> dude, that sounds like me. Like after games and stuff in high school, which I guess it'd be middle school. I didn't really do that much sports in high school. Um, I didn't really enjoy the small talk that came along with being on a sports team, like the bus rides there, bus rides back, um, the banquets. I was never into it. I was just like, mm, time to go. But when you were growing up and you were sh- like struggling with your mental health, you mentioned earlier you had suicidal ideation. Um, how old were you when that occurred? You know, it didn't hit me really until the first time it happened when I was nine. And I, I don't really remember thinking about it a whole lot. Um, the initial time I, you know, I told my mom when I was nine, I was going to end my life when I turned 40. But I don't remember um, thinking about ending my life a lot as a kid, if that, if that makes sense. Sure. However, I do remember specifically always feeling like a burden to my mom and not wanting to be a burden to my mom. And, and we know that 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 feeling of being a burden is uh, one of the tenets of of suicidality. So to me, the overriding emotion was more of, I don't want to be a burden. So I'll do anything I can to not, uh, to keep everything, you know, uh, um, status quo and, you know, not shake, shake the tree up too much. Sure. So that I think, and I think that when you walk around, basically if you're walking around on eggshells that, you know, and, and, and for, for your childhood, that creates this low level of anxiety that, uh, becomes ingrained in you. Sure. And you grow up, you go to college, you're a football player, you played at a D1 school, you were a boss out there, you get into the comedy scene. I know firsthand how hard it is to make it in any kind of entertainment industry um, without like that connection, you know. So with me, I'm an MC. I go host shows. Um, I'm basically the hype man at these shows. You, you can't get a booking agent, really. Um, it's like everything's catered to the musicians, which is great. They're the ones that bring in the money for tickets and stuff. But for you to make it in comedy, that had to be a hard, hard season to go through to where you're like, why am I even doing this? Everybody thinks you're crazy. You go out of your way. Your family may or may not have been really into it. But it, it had to be a hard journey before you found your success. 
Um, what was that like? And if anybody's listening to this and you want to be a comedian or you want to be a musician or anything in the arts, what would your word of encouragement be for them in those hard times? Tied to a bigger picture. Mm. Your, your goal can't be to quote unquote, make it Mm. because there is no making it. Sure. Right. Um, Warren Buffett is still trying to, trying to make money. Yeah. Jeff, but still, you know, uh, Drake still putting out albums. Mm. Um, so there is no, this idea of making it, this idea of being success, uh, is still hard. Like it, it, it never stops being hard. You know, Erica Badu, I was just reading an article about her and, you know, uh, she hated traveling and now she gets to, to be home, but now she has to figure out how to throw concerts from her house. You know, that's what she and how to keep how does she keep her team fed? Because, you know, that's the thing that a lot of people don't think about is uh, we think about the artists. But the but the when these artists go on the road, uh, they're employing a, a ton of people. They have a, an entire ecosystem that's dependent on them showing up. And, and it's the same thing when, um, you know, a lot of these people fall like um, Ellen DeGeneres. I think they're going to cancel her show. Mm. Um, and, um, and, you know, the real sad part is how many people are that work for Ellen DeGeneres. And so if they cancel that show, how many people will be out of a job? Um, and so there's, uh, always collateral damage, uh, and, and, uh, a residual effect from, uh, from, from what happens. And, um, I, I got off on a tangent. I forgot what the question was. Um. What, wait, what'd you ask me? <laughs> um, for people was, that are pursuing like, um, Oh yeah. So, to, hey, right, right. So tie it into a, an, into a bigger picture, meaning, you know, I, I lived out my car for three years and the thing that, that anchored me, that, that kept me grounded, that kept me going, kept me showing up for auditions and, and, uh, you know, uh, sleeping in parking lots and showering at the gym, yeah. uh, was the fact that, um, anything can happen sure. at any moment. And and if it doesn't happen, I'm, I'm, I want to die in pursuit, right? Sure. Like my whole thing was, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to die, like not doing anything. I don't sure. want to, I don't, I don't want to die in a small town in yeah. uh, Oklahoma, you know, just, um, I, I wanted to die in pursuit. If, if, uh, I wanted to die on a plane, uh, going to a gig, Yeah, you know, not, not on the couch eating Cheetos, watching Netflix. Like <laughs> I want to die on a battlefield. And so for me, it's like, all right, if they find me, they, they know, like, they're going to say, Hey, he was chasing his dream and, yeah. uh, and it cost him his life, but, but so be it. So I, I could live with that. So you have to ask yourself of like, even if it doesn't happen for you, could you live with that? And can sure. you live with the way you approached it? You know, um, if you know that you, you gave it your all and you, and you put everything on the line and you showed up and, and you did what you were asked to do and even more and you showed up early and stayed late and, uh, and, 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 you know, did the extras and, and, and even took time off and, uh, took care of yourself. If you did those things, um, then, then you can sleep, you know, I slept like a baby. Mm. Um, so, so that's what's important is like 
tying in what you're doing to something bigger than you. It doesn't have to be God. It doesn't have to be family. It could be whatever, what, whatever is the thing. It could be your kids. It could be an idea. You know, um, that's why it's so good to have uh, a mantra. Um, You know, for me, it's, it's all about savoring the world. And so when I do things, I go, how can I savor the world today? How can I, um, how can I be more global? I think about the world a lot. And so how do I, uh, how do I, you know, how do I make my podcast reach not just people here, but overseas, you know, um, how do I, how does my comedy translate? Not just here, but in other countries. That's why I'm taking Spanish now. You know, uh, uh, that's why I'm playing guitar because music, no matter where you are in the world, people love music. People love guitar. People love reggae music. I don't, I don't, even even uh, uh, even I don't care how much hatred you have in your heart. We all we all get out our chairs for reggae music. Yeah. So we have these things that tie us all together. Sure. And when you start thinking about those things, the things that are outside of yourself, then then we start to feel less alone, which is uh, I know I'm rambling on here. But uh, when we talk about reading books, I love to read books, you know, for the for the fourth reason of it makes me feel less alone in a world to read about someone else's experiences uh, to read about, to read, I read uh, unbroken about this guy who was going to the Olympics and then the war breaks out and he, he gets uh, drafted and now he has to fly uh, planes and he gets shot down and he's like in the ocean for months. Mm. And, you know, it was just this, this thrilling true story. And, and then, so it reminds you of the resilience of humanity and our 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 vigor and uh our how much fight we have and, and the things that we can overcome and the things that anchor us uh and that can keep us grounded and how to move forward we're, we're just we, we have these stories to remind us of uh of the meaning of life and what we're capable of as a people right instead of just focusing on us as the person it's like what have human beings been able to do throughout history uh, and and kind of anchoring yourself to that, you're a part of that. Your DNA, their DNA is your DNA. You know, any from Genghis Khan to John D. Rockefeller, like we we share similar DNA. You know, to to anybody who you look up to, whether it's a uh, uh, Will Smith or Cleopatra, uh, Marilyn Monroe. You know, all these all these people throughout history um, were linked, and we have a shared story. And so we have to think about that. And I think that's why people gravitate towards astrology because it, 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 it makes us feel like, Oh, you're a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. You're a cancer. All right. So great. All right. So you have that, we have that link. We have a team that we get to be on. There's 12 teams. Great. Um, but, but yeah, tie it, tie in what you're doing to a bigger story, a bigger purpose, a bigger mission, because that, that, that has nothing to do with anybody else and is not linked to outcome. Right. It's, it's yep. all about how you approach things. Dude, that's great. And one of your taglines I read, Leo is a comedian, so he knows why he's depressed. <laughs> it's so true. And the reason I bring it up is because when I read that, I think about the comedians we've lost, like Robin Williams. Like the guy was funny. He was hilarious. Uh, he could captivate an audience, but he was struggling inside. And I want to use that to bring up your podcast before you kill yourself. 
that's a hedgy, uh, heavy subject line. That is a lot of people's burdens, like revolving around suicide. It's still kind of taboo for some people. And it's starting to get better, but even as we discussed on your show, it the church is getting better at addressing it, but individuals got to get better too. So why is your podcast alive today? You mentioned you revamped it during the pandemic. You're able to work on it. It's amazing. Why does it exist? Because uh, I'm still here and the listeners are still here because we all still exist and and there are stories that exist that can help you and show you that where you are is not where you have to be or where you are is okay right for for people who are struggling with feelings of inadequacy of feeling like they they haven't done enough or not doing enough and and you hear stories from other people about um uh of of how uh, of what they've done you feel less alone in the world. It's just like reading the books um, for, for people who have gone through traumas in their childhood or, or uh, horrible transitions or tragedies. Um, and you get to hear stories of other people who've gone through traumas and tragedies and, and, and major transitions uh, and how they've worked through it or, or still maybe still going through it in some cases. Right. Um, you feel like, okay, if they, if they did it, um, then I can do it too. If, if they attempted and, and then they, they found a, a something else to, uh, to anchor them, then I can, I can anchor myself to that or something else also. So as we hear stories, this is why, you know, when you think about the history of mankind um, in, a, in, a, in a caveman days and, you know, they, they wake up and they go hunting and, uh, or, and gathering and, and maybe shore up the, the huts and, and, and whatever, whatever. But at the end of the night, they sat around a fire and they told stories. Storytellers have been with us since the beginning of time. That's what the carvings on the walls were. And it's because it's with stories that we learn about ourselves. We learn about the people around us. And we learn about humanity and we learn about history. And we learn about what's, what's possible in the future. But it's it's all rooted in stories. It, it, it nowhere else. That's why you know Hollywood uh, is making billions of dollars every year, and, and books are are flying off the shelves. And and it's why we we love music. Um, I, I met somebody, um, uh, my one of my Uber drivers. Uh, he's from Nigeria, and he's playing country music. And he said he uh, he said people in Nigeria love country music because uh, it's a bunch of great stories. So the, these stories that you hear uh, on my podcast uh, are real people telling you what they've what they've really undergone. It's not it's not a soundbite that you hear in the news. It's not a tweet. It's not a headline. This is this is giving you from A to Z, just like the encyclopedias uh, of of what's happening, so that you can find some some solace in, in, in what you're going through. Now, if there is one thing that you could tell to anybody that might be listening to this podcast and they're struggling with anxiety or depression or even suicidal thoughts, what would that thing be? Let's go get some tea. Let's go get, let's go get, let's go get a, a cup of tea and, uh, and let's, you know, let's just, let's just hang out. You know, we could talk or not talk. 
let's go get some tea and just and, and just hang out and see and see see what the vibe is. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Mr. Leo Flowers. You can find him on social media at Leo Flowers. And be sure to go check him out, guys. He's an amazing dude. He's got an amazing message. He's got some awesome stand-up. Go check that out. And seriously, like I said at the beginning of this episode, if you are struggling and you need immediate assistance, please go to d2lrevolution.com for immediate assistance. You can chat on the Hope Line there, and somebody will be there to talk with you 24-7. And if you need anything, reach out there, and we will talk to you next week. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.